Hi guys, welcome back to the Fun on Weekdays podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Palick. And today I have two things that I want to share with you before we get into today's guest. The first thing is the most terrifying thing that has happened to me in a really, really long time. I want to preface this story by telling you that this is a huge warning. I know majority of the people that listen to my podcast are all women. A lot of you are out shopping for the holidays. You probably think it's just a fun you know, innocent night shopping alone in the dark, but everyone beware. Okay. So I basically live in home goods. I go to home goods almost every other day. I have been trying to decorate my house and get it ready for my family. My sisters, my parents, their boyfriends, her husband, everyone is coming to stay with me December 26th until like through the new year. And so I'm trying to furnish my guest bedrooms and get everything good and ready for them. So the other day I'm at home goods per usual. I'm alone. I'm wearing this red matching cardigan sweater. It's a little tank top and a sweater set from target. And I'm wearing these red striped pajama pants. Like you cannot miss me. I am a walking target. Okay. And so I'm there alone. I'm just shopping around the store. I'm going through all the sections I usually do. When I go to home goods, I start by going into the floral section and then I make my way around through the dishes to the pillows. And then I work my way through the center. So at this point I had recognized that there was this guy that I kept making eye contact with and it almost At first, it felt so innocent. It was like, oh, it seems like he's going to ask me a question or maybe ask me for advice as if he was shopping for someone. Because how often do you see a middle-aged man in home goods alone? Mm, Hardly ever because home goods is not meant. It's not meant for boys. No, home goods is for girls only. So I'm like, okay, at first, I don't think anything of it. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. To my fault, I am in the wrapping paper aisle. Also, side note, why does nobody tell you how hard it is to pick wrapping paper? My mom growing up curated the perfect collection of wrapping paper. We'd have like five to six to choose from. They all went together. We had a collection of bows. And every time we had Christmas, our presents looked so good and like curated under the Christmas tree. So I'm in this aisle for about 30 minutes trying to decide which one is the best. And I see this guy walking back and forth from my aisle and I'm like, what could he possibly be looking for? And then I started making eye contact with him because up until then it was just peripheral vision. I'm like, what is he doing pacing? When I make eye contact with him, he kind of like looks me up and down. And I know that you guys all know that feeling where someone that you are clearly not even remotely interested in and you are very kind of like alarmed by looks, they give you that look and they check out your entire body and you just feel like, you just feel an immediate ick, like a chill. And so I started becoming really aware of it. And I was filming these TikToks while I was in home goods. And luckily when I started realizing that he was kind of following me around the store, I stopped looking at my phone because I think he had been following me the entire time, but I wasn't paying attention because my head was in my phone. I was texting my mom, asking her for her advice. And so he walks back one more time and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to see if he's moving to wherever I am. So I start kind of squatting so that he can't see my head over the aisle. And sure enough, he walks over to check if I'm still in the aisle, sees that I am. And then he goes into the aisle that's diagonal from me, which is an aisle full of like candlesticks and coffee table books. He picks up a coffee table book, 
and he's acting like he's reading it. I'm like, I am not an amateur. I come to Home Goods far too often to know that every single coffee table book that is here has no text in it. It is all floral arrangements, recipes, or home decorations. And I can guarantee you that this man does not care about any of those three things. So he was clearly just trying to pretend like he was reading a book so that he could keep me in his vision. I squatted down, I moved to a different aisle, and then I went up to go to the register. And I was just trying to make sure that he didn't see that I was checking out or anything, that I had kind of like lost him. So as I'm up at the register, there's this younger girl checking me out and I just am so frantic looking over my shoulder, looking around at my surroundings. I'm like, I'm so sorry if I'm being rude to you. I don't mean to. I don't know if I'm just paranoid. Maybe I'm just in my head, but I feel like this guy has been following me around and he's here alone and I'm just worried that if I like leave here, he's going to follow me. So she says, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. We'll keep an eye out. We can have one of the guys working here walk you out to your car if you want. I know it's dark out. So I look around the room. I do a check. I don't see his head above any of the aisles. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's just me, you know, because we all tell ourselves that, that we're being dramatic or we're in our heads and we don't trust our gut instincts. I'm like, no, it's okay. But if you guys could just kind of stand by the door in case, you know, anything were to happen. So I walk out and luckily I was in one of the very first parking spots. I'm walking and out of the corner of my eye to the right, I see this person kind of like walking in from the other side. So it was almost like he was just popping up out of the darkness because it was around six o'clock. The sun had set. There was only one light in the parking lot. And so I see him. And I'm about 10 feet from my car. So I don't want him to see what car I'm getting into to know what car I drive or my license plate to then follow me. I turn around. He's about 20 feet away from me. I act as if I forgot something in the store. I have my wrapping paper roll ready to go to use it as a sword if I need to. And I walk back into the store. My heart is beating out of my chest. I felt like I had this insane amount of adrenaline that I can just, I cannot explain And one of my absolute biggest fears, and I have this dream all the time where there is a man or someone trying to like come and kidnap me or assault me and I scream out and nothing comes out of my mouth and it's just absolute silence. And I feel like in that moment, I was so scared that if he were to come over to me and he were to like, I don't know, wrap his arms around me and try to put me in his car that nothing would come out of my mouth. So I was just feeding off of this adrenaline, like, holy shit, what is about to happen to me? Go into the store. I tell the girl, I'm like, oh my God, did you see him come out? He was just there. He was following me. She's like, yeah, we did. Let's have the other guy um, take you to your car in like a couple minutes. So I didn't see the other guy get into his car and drive away. I don't actually know if he had really left, but one of the home goods employees walked me to my car and that was it. I then made a TikTok about the experience because I'm like, well, if this is happening at a lot of places, because it is holiday season, a lot of women are going and buying Christmas gifts because let's face it, I feel like in every family, the mom or the female is typically buying a lot of the gifts and a lot of times like you go alone and it's dark out you're probably just so worried about like getting things that you need or trying to get in and out of stores that you're not paying attention to what's going on around you so that's why I made the TikTok my heart dropped because there was a girl who commented and she said I was just at the home goods in Sunset Valley and the exact same thing happened to me 
And I replied and I said, can you describe what the guy looked like? When I saw her text, I immediately started crying. She explained the exact same guy. He was like a middle-aged man. He was thin. He had tan skin, dark hair. And he just had this like really peculiar vibe to him. And so when I saw that she had said that at the same location, a man that looked very similar. Now I'm like, okay, well, there goes my fun act, my fun weekday activity because my fun every day is to go to Home Goods and now I can't go there because it's tainted with creepy men. So that's the one update I wanted to give you guys. Sorry, that was kind of a long story, but just to be super aware of your surroundings this holiday season, even though you think people are innocent, always trust your gut instinct. Thank goodness I turned around. I, you never know what could happen to you. So shop with people. And if not, like always, always be aware of the people around you. Second thing on a lighter note that I wanted to share is that it's officially December, which means we just started our 25 days of fun on December 1st. So 25 days of fun is 25 days of giveaways, discounts, fun holiday activities. And it started December 1st with an Austin, Texas girls trip giveaway where I'm giving away four round trip flights to Austin and a three night stay at a super cute Airbnb. And I am also curating the idea itinerary for your girls trip which will be super fun I don't know who's gonna win if they'll like want to hang out with me or not if you want to hang out with me I can make that happen and I'll like be a part of your trip but who knows whoever wins might not care they might not know who I am they might have just followed me and they might be like "Mm, we don't really want to hang out with you so yeah we'll see who wins I'm really excited the giveaway is still open if you haven't entered it yet it's on our Instagram and it ends this Friday on December 8th and then there's a couple other giveaways that are still currently active everything is being posted on our funnel weekdays Instagram so you can catch up with everything there make sure you subscribe to our newsletter you do have to be subscribed in order to win any of the giveaways it's kind of just like a second layer to make sure you're a legitimate person and then also we're sending daily emails too so that you don't miss whatever the giveaway is for that day because even myself I follow people I follow my family and friends and I won't see what they post for like months even though I follow them so making sure that you don't miss any of the amazing prizes. And today's giveaway is actually with Maddie Pruitt, who is today's guest. She's giving away five of her books, The Love Everybody Wants. And I'm really excited about it because in today's episode, we talk a lot about her book. We talk about her time on Bachelor. We talk about her marriage and her wedding, friendships, being a pick me. (laughs) We talk about a lot of things and we do talk a little bit about faith, but I want to say that I don't consider myself as someone Someone who is like very religious. I didn't grow up going to church other than on like Christmas Eve and maybe Easter. And so I think a lot of the messages that we share will resonate with anyone, regardless of your faith or your religion. And I'm really excited. Maddie is super bubbly. I've looked up to her for years since I saw her on TV. And I'm really excited to chat with her today. So everyone welcome Madison Pruitt Trout. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Woo! I am i can't believe we're actually just now meeting in real life. I know. Okay, I have to like admit something to you. Do you remember <laughs> fresh off the show, I made a TikTok? Yes. About you. I'm like telling oh my, my team earlier. I was like, this is how we know each other. <laughs> this Wait, is I'm how like we so first embarrassed now. I have to pull it out of the archives, although I was trying to like hide it deep in there. No, it's so like good. it is kind of embarrassing. But when you were on the show, I remember I made a comment about like I loved your one sparkly jumpsuit. It was a silver jumpsuit. Oh yeah, it was like legendary. It was. I don't even remember where I got it from, but it was like everyone loved that jumpsuit. You had like the outfits 
lined up on that show. <laughs> it was amazing. I'm such a jumpsuit girl. I learned that about myself. It was like all I packed. Jumpsuits over dresses. Yeah. Got it. Um, so that was like kind of how we met, but over the past couple of years, I've obviously followed you, followed your story. And I think it's really cool to see how you've like shared so much about yourself and your faith, your life, your relationships, starting with like you being on the show. Obviously this is like my only question about it too. Not talking about the bachelor, the rest of this is my only question. Bachelor pod. (laughs) But I, I, and myself, like so many other women see you as like this really confident, strong person. And you like really stood your ground and what you believed in on the show um prior to the show I don't think as many people maybe knew about like your faith and how how much that like revolved or not revolved but kind of um influenced your decisions so after the show when you started posting more about your faith and you're like oh the reason why I was able to be so confident is because of this Mm -hmm. and is because of my relationship to God do you think that that kind of changed people's perspectives at all Yeah, it was really interesting to see like even so like for me, I actually went to Bible college like before I went on The Bachelor. And so I thought I was going to do ministry full time. That was like my goal. Thought I was going to marry a pastor Okay, and had actually (laughs) dated a guy for four years who was a pastor. We broke up and I was like, God, I'm never going to marry a pastor. And then now (laughs) my husband is pastor and I'm like, great, perfect. But at the time I was like, I'm not going to marry a pastor. And okay, what does like it look like to be in ministry? end up like going on the show. And I was like, this is not where I imagined my life, Mm -hmm. you know, to be in where God would take me went on the show. And what was really cool is like, even during like filming and recording, I had so many opportunities, even with like the girls on the show and with other people that were around to just like share my faith in a super authentic way. And Mm -hmm. and not even like me bringing it up, but other people asking me questions and just like seeing me reading my Bible and, you know, different things like that. And I just got to have like super authentic conversations. And then of course, towards the end of like you know airing the show there was like moments where I took a stance like for purity and took a stance for my faith and I think that was really where people saw like oh this girl is like a really strong believer like Mm -hmm. her faith means everything to her and it was really cool of course there was like a lot of praise and people saying that's amazing oh my gosh you've encouraged me and inspired me but of course at the same time there's also going to be hate and being misunderstood and people attacking you know your values and your faith and so those are moments I just had to truly be like okay who am I what do I believe and not Mm -hmm. allowing like other people to determine like my confidence in what I believe and in who I wanted to be. Um, and so, yeah, I think that was like really important for me to be asking myself like those internal questions consistently of like, yeah, Mm -hmm. who am I? And like, what do I believe? Because with all this pressure and with all of these opinions, it's really easy to start changing myself or compromising myself for the approval of people or just to be picked or just to be liked or just to be wanted. I think that's a real pressure. We all, feel like Mm -hmm. often and I felt it before the show I felt it since the show and I felt it on the show and so um yeah I think it definitely like strengthened my faith and what I believe um you know going through something like The Bachelor and a lot of people since then have definitely asked like wow you you know like tell me more about your faith or you know a lot of girls saying like hey you've given me the courage to take a stance in purity or in my faith or to dive deeper with God or whatever it may be and that's just been so cool to hear yeah you mentioned that you wanted to feel wanted to feel picked and you mentioned that in your book and before I like bring up that expert 
excerpt excerpt yeah excerpt. <laughs> no i tried to say that word the other day and i was like do you say the p excerpt i don't know i don't know excerpt. someone out there is gonna correct yeah, me they're gonna call us but out. with your book so now this is now the second book that you've written mm-hmm. i am like about halfway through it i just got it a couple days ago and i'm i'm reading through it like it's nothing i mean not that it's nothing but it's just so easy to read so do you have any background like in being an author and in writing, was that ever the path that you wanted to take that you knew was later on down the line, maybe after the show? Is that something that you always wanted or is that something that just came with the platform that you had? Yeah, so I actually started writing my first book before I went on The Bachelor, which is what was crazy. And it happened very like organically. I was going through a breakup. I was struggling in a season of singleness. My mom encouraged me, Hey, I feel like you're supposed to start writing. And I'm like, to who? For what? (laughs) (laughs) Like who's going to buy my book? Like no one cares about my, I mean, you know, I was just like a small town girl in Alabama working in foster care and adoption, going through a breakup. And I'm like, what am I writing for? But okay, I'm going to do it. And so I started writing and, uh, not knowing what it was for, not knowing if it was a book, a blog, just for myself, therapy, (laughs) my own journal. I don't know. And so started writing then. And then when I came off the show, that was when I had opportunities, you know, different publishers like reached out, agencies reached out wanting me to publish a book. Um, and so that was kind (laughs) of like what got it all started, but I had started writing even before the show and I didn't have like all this crazy background. It was just, I mean, I majored in communications at Auburn. And so I had, I guess, some writing experience as well as some speaking experience before I went on the show. But other than that, I mean, no, it was really just trial and error and I'm definitely still learning. I feel like I have improved even from like my first book to this book. And I think I'll just continue to improve and get better as I surround myself with other great writers and, um, communicators and just like learning from other people who have been in the game for a lot longer than I have. But yeah, I just try to be like super honest. Like I, I'm like, this is me preaching to myself. And like, this is just me honestly, like hard on my sleeve saying, this is what I'm going through and I'm definitely not perfect and I'm struggling, but here's what I've learned along the way. Um, because I know when I was in like seasons of singleness or dating and evaluating, like, is this the person, the one I want to spend the rest of my life with, or how do I build confidence? And just all of those questions that I think we often wrestle with. Um, I wanted a book that was just like, super authentic and not Mm -hmm. like here's the 20 steps and like here's how I did it perfectly but like hey here's how I fell here's how I messed up um and then also here's what I learned and that was what I was looking for when you know I was in those seasons so I hope to be that for other people yeah when I was reading it I was like oh I feel like I'm literally talking to her right now (laughs) you write it in such a way that it's very personable and there's still a lot of depth to it but it's so easy to read I was just flipping through the pages last night and I'm like oh my gosh I'm already like halfway through this book right now and I really start to envision a lot of the like scenarios that you described to us like when you're in high school or you're in these like tough moments and the thoughts that go through your head. And I think it's really easy to do that because I've also been in a lot of similar positions before. Um, so your book, obviously you are very strong in your faith for anyone who is maybe not Christian or maybe is not, what's like the correct way to say that? I'm like, I don't even know, like is not very strong in their faith. Um, what is your message to them that like wants to pick up this book, but they feel like maybe it's not for me because I'm not, I don't really align with that. 
Totally. I mean, I'm definitely true to myself, what I found and what I believe to be the source of all love and life. But at the same time, I was very intentional with like the title of this book and I was going back and forth for a really long time. I was like, <laughs> what do I call it? And that's, what's interesting about writing a book is like, you don't start with the title and then you're like, let's write. It's like, I just started writing all these thoughts. I started preaching to myself, encouraging myself, reminding myself of truth when I, all I felt was lies. And in the midst of that, it's like, I'm almost done with the manuscript. And I'm like, so what do I call this thing? (laughs) And I was trying to figure that out. And I remember going back and forth with like my agents and my team and, um, this title, the love everybody wants kind of just like hit me. And the reason I loved that so much was because it has the word everybody in it because I wanted this to be a message for everybody. Like no matter where you are in your faith journey, no matter single dating, engaged, married, no matter where you're at, like I wanted this to be a message that could apply to everybody, no matter the season that they're in or where they find themselves. Um, because something that I really tried to do with this book, even though I add in like, you know, biblical principles and my, um, you know, perspective on how God has, you know, spoken to me through these different instances in dating and singleness and engagement and marriage. Like, one thing I really tried to do was each chapter title is after like a cultural, you know, trend or phrase or thing that we've heard, you know, a million time times on like TikTok or whatever yeah. it may be. And so I really tried to tackle like all these things that so many of us have like grown up hearing or have mm-hmm. believed or whatever it may be. And then just adding like my own experience to it. Um, and so, yeah, I do think that this is a message that really can apply to anybody, no matter where they're at. Um, even if you're like not a Christian or you've been following God your whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I would ever necessarily consider myself like very religious. My family grew up going to Christmas, sorry, going to church on Christmas Eve and Easter and like sometimes here and there throughout. I don't know if I ever necessarily had like that strong relationship, but more so recently I've been like a lot more curious yeah, um, and a lot more people in my life that I look up to do have a strong relationship. And so when I was reading this book, I was like, okay, I don't necessarily feel like I need to know what all of these verses mean or what all of these biblical references are, but it is kind of like a really good introduction yeah. for someone who is curious in learning more and like maybe getting more in touch with it. Yeah. So the first question that I have about the book, I literally <laughs> highlighted so it. Cute. Okay. I highlighted it. I was reading it out loud to Connor. And I'm like, Oh, do we have a highlighter? Because I need to like, remember this. Highlighter? Literally me. I'm like, do I have a pencil around here? I'm like, I feel like I've used a pencil since I was in like, yes. Yes. Okay. I love it. This is what like really resonated with me. And mind you, this is 12 pages in. And that's like 12 pages after the foreword, after like all of the (laughs) titles and everything. So you say, I realized that young Maddie's reaction was to develop an overachieving performance-based mindset, doing everything she could to prove that she would always be the first pick. After that moment in the bathroom stall, young Maddie began to seek worth in getting attention from guys. Winning them over brought a rush of emotion. And as she won them over, she would dump them because they no longer served a purpose. They proved she was worthy of their attention. They proved that she was their first choice. This performance-based mindset trickled into everything with school, faith, faith, family, friendships, and identity. Okay, so that really hit home for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, so true. We've all been there. We've all wanted a guy to like us back just to prove that someone likes us. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear how this mindset, like, is this something that you recognized before going into the show? Is this something that you displayed while being on the show? And how do you move past that for your relationships 
and your life in general after it. Yeah. Like how do you get through, yeah. you know, this, uh, what's the word? Like knowledge me mindset. Well, yeah. and I think <laughs> pick that, me. pick me, please pick me. pick me, want me, choose me. Yeah. I had that most of my high school and even college experience. And what you're referring, like referring to when you say Maddie in the bathroom stall, for those listening, they're like, huh, Maddie in the bathroom stall. They're like, context, please. So I had just found out that I'd gotten cheated on. I was 16 years old and I tried to play it cool. I tried to be tough on the outside, but then I immediately ran to the bathroom and I started bawling, crying. And I remember having this moment in the bathroom stall, questioning my worth, questioning my value, questioning everything about me because this guy chose someone else. And immediately it made me question who I was and if I was enough. And that, like you just read, trickled into everything because then from that place, I began feeling like, okay, now I have to prove that I'm worthy. Now I have to perform to be picked. Now I have to prove to everybody else that like I am enough. I am someone's first choice. And, and then it also gave me like this hardened heart where I was like, I am so afraid of being rejected and hurt again, that I'm going to put walls around my heart and not let anyone have a chance to hurt it again. And I think it was for me when I did, you know, really start going all in with my faith and allowed God to just like heal those parts of my heart that I had allowed other people to determine my worth and value. He just began showing me, Maddie, you're so valuable in my eyes. Like you don't have to try and find that in someone else. And you don't have to have your value and validation be in the hands of other people. You can actually walk into relationships and situations from a place of abundance rather than lack, hoping they'll choose you and want you. And it was, and it took time. Like that wasn't like a one moment thing. Like even to this day, like, are you kidding? Like I still have moments where I'm like, gosh, I hope that they, like, I hope they choose me. I hope that they accept me. I hope they like me. Um, that's a very real feeling and emotion. And so I do think even though you may have this like groundbreaking moment, it's still an everyday decision. And so for me going on the show, I definitely was, you know, I had already really dove in deep in my faith and like knew who I was and knew where my confidence came from and knew where my value came from. And so I really was able to like go on a show like that. And plus I'd never really watched the bachelor before. And so I was a little naive too to like how it all worked. Yeah. It's basically a competition and you're like in this, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So, uh, you're going to choose me. Like you're going to give me the rose. And I really didn't know, like all I knew was like, <laughs> I'm entering into this thing. I have no idea what to expect, but I know who I am. And And I was able to come at it from that perspective. And I do think that's why so many girls were reaching out to me saying like, you've really encouraged me and like you're, you standing up for like your values and your standards and knowing your worth, like has really inspired me to do the same, which is really cool. Cause obviously I, I, I was just living my, I was just doing, I was just being true to myself, you know, like I didn't know how it would be displayed or how people would respond to it. Um, but I think what's cool is like, I was able to enter that scenario and be like, okay, I'm not going to change myself, compromise, or just be whoever you want me to be in order to be picked and liked. Like I'm going to be authentic and true to myself. And if you don't choose me and pick me, I know there's something better out there for me. And I would just continue to, I would have to remind myself of that because of course, when you find yourself in situations where you really want to be picked, like there were many moments where I literally had to remind myself and other girls like, Hey, 
this, if you don't get a rose, like this doesn't mean rejection. Like if you, if you are not given a rose by the bachelor, like this does not mean you're not worthy. Mm -hmm. Like this just means God has something so much better for you. And this, this door closed is just another opportunity for the, for a better door to open. And I had to continue to remind myself like Maddie, your worth is not in this rose. Maddie, your worth is not in being picked by this guy. And, and then really even like flipping the mindset of like, okay, you picked me, but like, do I pick you? That's exactly where I was going with that is like at the end of the day, he actually did pick you. But then when it came down to your decision of, do I pick you back? Like, I think that was a really pivotal moment for a lot of people to watch of like, Holy crap. Wait, she actually has a say in it too, because you compete for so long for the attention and for the approval. And then once you get it, it's like, wait, do I actually want that? Because I have to pick you too. Absolutely. Yeah. So what was that moment like for you to even come to that realization? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's like, okay, at the end of the day, we're getting close to like engagement. And so now it's me really asking the questions like, do I see myself spending the rest of my life with this person? Are they going to push me closer to God? Are they going to push me to my purpose? Are they going to be a good father to my kids? Like, are we good compliments to one another? And if not, then I don't want to stay in this longer, not only because of like what I deserve, but also because of what he deserves, you know? And if we're not God's best for each other, I don't want to waste my time or yours. And so eventually, like once I had that realization, I was like, I have to act on it, even though it was hard and painful. I was like, it's more worth it to walk away and know that I'm walking towards like a better yes and God's best than to stay in something that I know is not right. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard realization for me, like in that moment, but I just like knew I had to do it. And I'm obviously now so thankful that I did and it did lead to God's best. And now I'm happily married and I'm with the love of my life. But I think that can be really hard. Like I've been in many situations, even off of like the show and other relationships where it's like, I had this like check in my spirit where I was like, I'm supposed to get out of this like relationship. This is not God's best for me. And I like would feel it often, but I would just push it down and ignore it and be like, no, like they like me, they want me, they pick me, they choose me. And like, it feels good to be wanted. It feels good to be loved. It feels good to like not be alone. Like nobody wants to be lonely. Nobody wants to be alone. It's fun to be like dating and stuff. And like eventually I just had to continue to remind myself like of Maddie, like what, what is your purpose in dating? What is your long-term goal and vision? And for me that was marriage. And so I was like, okay, if he is not going to be that person that is going to push me closer to God and closer to my purpose, then like I got in this relationship now. Mm -hmm. And so that ultimately was, you know, why that decision was made. And then it just got all like, you know, then it it just kept going, got brought back into it. And then it was like, again, okay, we're, we're back to the same crossroads moment. This isn't going to work out. And, um, and it'd be like that. I mean, that's also just another example of just real life. Like I have not been perfect. Um, and any, like, Like I've had multiple moments of, you know, staying in relationships longer than I should or being with someone that I knew wasn't God's best for me or, you know, really being in this weird tension of like, okay, my head knowledge knows this is not God's best, but my heart feels so deeply for this person. And so how do I, like, I'm in this wrestle and tension between my head and my heart. And man, those are just moments where it's like, you can't always let your feelings lead you. You have to ask yourself, like, what do I value most? And like, what is at the end of the day, like my long-term vision and goal? because that should be what is like guiding my decisions and not just like my feelings because one day our feelings are one thing and then another day our feelings are another thing and so that's why feelings aren't the best leaders Mm -hmm. and I feel like especially now our feelings are so easily influenced based on what we see and what's surrounding us especially on social media obviously 
when you have a public relationship like that, it can easily fluctuate like by the hour (laughs) based on one message that you could see. I'm sure it could just, I mean, I know from my own experience, it could completely change the way that you view things, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move forward now. We're past that. We're, we're not talking about the show any longer. Yeah. I'm here to talk to you about your current relationship and your marriage. You're yes. a wife. I'm Madison a wife. Pruitt Trout. You have a second last name. I know. It's insane. I'm uh, like, I'm named after a fish, but it's fine. <laughs> it's a fish with two T's. We're trout, baby. And it feels good. I am so grateful, truly, that like, Grant has come into my life and just the person I am today I feel like I'm a completely different person than I even was like a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. and that just speaks to like when you wait for God's best like the person that you um that he brings into your life when you have a peace about it and you know he's the best like for you they just make you so much better and they push you to be like the best version of yourself and I feel like I have grown so much just in like the year and a half two years of knowing him and being with him you said that you've changed a lot since you've met him and obviously you view this as a really great thing because you feel your most whole authentic self for anyone who views your life from the outside that maybe views that you've changed and they view it as a bad thing and that you've changed for this man, what would your response to that be? Yeah. I think there's two different categories because I think there's one category where it's like we should not change and compromise ourselves for someone else to be picked, liked, wanted, accepted, et cetera. Um, I think that gets dangerous in the context of like singleness and dating. Um, and, <laughs> and no, same, which is like, I wrote that, you know, like yeah. I was that person that was changing myself, um, you know, for someone else. And so I think that is a category that that's what we have to be careful with. I think within the context of marriage and once you find like that person that God has for you, I think the beautiful thing about it is like the Bible talks about it, like iron sharpening iron. And it's like, when you think about it, like iron is like two really strong pieces, like coming together and like sharpening each other to be like stronger and better. Mm -hmm. And that's how I picture like having like a godly marriage. It's like Grant and I like sharpen each other. And there's moments where that's like uncomfortable and hard. But at the end of the day, like we're making each other so much better. Mm -hmm. And so I don't even think it's the idea of like, we're having to like change for the other person. I think it's more of the idea of like when we constantly walk in the best version of ourself and like we have our relationship with God like healthy and strong, then the way that we come together is like healthier and stronger and we're able to really push each other. Um, And naturally, like you just continue growing. Like I think in any relationship, in any friendship, in any romantic relationship, like you want to be continuously growing with that person. I think when you're staying stagnant or worse, like falling behind and becoming a less you know, a less than version of yourself and who you want to be or who you feel like you're called to be. Um, that's when it gets like really hard and dangerous. But I think when you do find the right person, like that person, that person should be pushing you to like be better and you should be growing into that person like every single day. And so, yeah, I think it's like two different categories. And so it's like, you know, I think it's, you have to be careful within like the singleness aspect of things. But I think within the context of marriage, it's like when you have that right person, they should be pushing you like in your, you should be everything. changing and evolving together. Yeah, together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you guys got married as a year. How it's almost been a year. We're literally about to say, celebrate like, our one year. We're approaching a year. It's crazy. It's crazy. So you guys had a giant 
giant wedding like gorgeous beautiful wedding so many people talking about your wedding did you see any of the videos of people breaking down your wedding (laughs) no (laughs) no I no I truly like did not see I think I saw like one video and some people were like sending me stuff and I just again I try not to like I think at that time I honestly had like deleted TikTok off my phone because it was mainly on TikTok I think at that time I had like deleted TikTok off my phone um but no I wasn't really seeing a ton I just like heard people like talking about it but yeah yeah is that that's kind of goes into our conversation that we were having before we started recording but how have you managed like not feeding into other people's opinions and not reading comments and creating that boundary for yourself especially at the time of a marriage and a wedding when it is like such a huge life moment and you don't want other people's opinions in their videos and their comments to take away from a really special moment yeah I think what we have to be super careful of is oftentimes we can let other people who don't know who they are and also who don't really even know who you are determine who you are and who you're becoming. Like I think so often I can allow my worth and value to be put in the hands of someone on the other side of like a phone screen who don't even know me and truly like some people who don't even know themselves and I'm letting them determine my worth and value. And I've had so many moments of being like, Maddie, snap out of it. Like (laughs) stop. Because at the end of the day, what truly matters is like what God thinks about you and your close family and friends, because those are the ones who really know you and can speak into who you are. Um, and so I think constantly reminding myself of that community has been really huge. Like having my sphere, my circle of people who like know everything about me and they're not just yes people. Like I have people in my life who are like, no Maddie, like I will call you out. Like that's actually not cute girl. Like you need to work on that, you know, (laughs) and having people who will call me out and who will call me higher, you know, keeps me humble, pure, just like focused, right vision, right mindset. Um, and then also I think I have been super guarded and careful and created boundaries with myself for social media. Like I am not reading everything. I'm not looking at everything. I have a team that helps me with everything regarding social media. Um, and you know, I still, I mean, I still get on and I still engage with like my friends and and things like that, but I'm not reading every single DM and every single comment just because it has negatively affected like my mental health. Mm -hmm. And I've learned too what's interesting, which I, I don't hear a ton of people talk about this, but what's really hard is like not even just getting a lot of hate, but even getting a lot of praise, like both really get to your head and you start feeling this need to like keep up and live for the approval of people. And then you'll start realizing like your whole mindset throughout every day is like, okay, if I post this or if I do this, what will they think about me? How will they respond? What will they say? And that was just a really negative mindset that I had found myself in. And I was like, I have got to start putting up boundaries and realizing I live for the approval of one, which for me is God. And then two, like I'm asking my accountability and community like what do you think about me like am I living in a way that I say you know like is honorable to God like if I say faith is the most important thing in the world to me is my life reflecting that and if not call me out like please like tell me let me know (laughs) because like I can be blind to it you know and I think we all can be blind to stuff but I do think boundaries has been super huge for me on social media Um, sometimes I'll just like delete the app off my phone and take a break um, or just like you know have my have my team help me with it well first of all I'm like so jealous that you have that I I could never but you are so right actually I've never thought about it on the opposite side and people do actually have this opinion about influencers all the time is that um like you get hyped up all the time there's constantly people telling you how pretty you look and how good you look in this outfit or like always giving you praise that it is almost an unrealistic 
reality where like everyone is on your side and everyone is cheering for you. And a lot of times like those comments aren't actually even genuine either. And then just creating boundaries in my life. Like I think sometimes social media just can be so dangerous. And even though it's like, probably not yeah I know I'm like even though it's like unrealistic to be like go do your social media I'm like no like we're both on it like we both like you know we're on social media we use social media we love social media but I do think asking the question of like who am I following like maybe I need to unfollow some people that create you know insecurity or make me think you know thoughts about myself or about other things that maybe I shouldn't be thinking about and so for me I had to unfollow some people I had to create boundaries around social media um, because I do think that a lot of times it's through social media where comparison uh, starts coming in and that just makes you feel less than and it makes you immediately start being like oh they have this or they're this and I'm not so therefore I'm less than and it's just like no like we're all different um you know, are there people that have better hair and teeth and clothes and houses and like this house is amazing. And I'm like, <laughs> it would be so easy for me to be like, oh my gosh, don't I have the coolest house ever? Like I, my house is not that cool, you know, whatever. And it's just like, you can just <laughs> go you. there, you know? And I think it's really easy to like give into comparison and immediately it make you feel less than. And so I think even a part of confidence is just like, man, be okay with who you're not and don't try and be like someone else. Just be confident in how you're wired and what you have to offer. I feel like that was a really beautiful piece of advice. I'm like, I'm so jealous that they get to work with you every day. Um, Because I feel like I would just be like, oh, I'd have no worries. I'd have no insecurities if I get to listen to you just talk like that all the time. No, they've also seen like my not so pretty sides and like my sides where I'm not believing it and moments where I'm like, hey, can, you know, friends, family, team, can y'all encourage me and remind me of who I am? Because I did see like, you know, maybe I didn't make this goal of what I wanted to make or maybe I got this comment that was super super hurtful or whatever it may be. And it's like, you can get super down on yourself and start questioning yourself. And I think that's why it is super important to have people around you to be like, no, like, Hey, this is your purpose in this life. And like, no matter what someone else says, like, this is what I see on you. And like, this is what God has for you. And don't let their inability to see your worth, make you question it. And so that's, it's helpful to have the right people around you just to wrap things up. So you just came out with your second book. Where can you order it? So you can go to a few places, uh, theloveeverybodywants.com. We Official. Weren't, we weren't too creative. It's just theloveeverybodywants.com, um, which is the name of the book, the title of the book. And then uh, you can just also just go to my uh, Instagram, at Maddie Pru. You can find the link. Okay, Gosh, perfect. And we'll <laughs> link it to in the in the episode description as well. Is there anything else that you are planning in the future that you want to share? So this book is actually going to be a Bible study too, which is super fun. And, um, I'm excited about that, but I don't know. I, I, we're like constantly talking as a team, like all the fun new things and ideas. Mm -hmm. So I'll have to let you know in the future what's next. But right now, honestly, I'm just excited that book is out. Bible study is out. Things are starting to slow down. Holidays are coming up and I just get to go be a wife. Oh my gosh. First, I get to just go be a wife, you know, and I just get to like hang with the hubby and, um, put up a Christmas tree or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's October say, and I'm like, it's, it's fine. Let's it's your that. first Christmas together. Married. Second. 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 Oh, I we guess. We literally yeah, got married because... and then it was like, boom, holiday season. We like went straight into Thanksgiving, then Christmas. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you celebrate that in Waco then? Or do you go visit family? We did, um, Christmas with his family this last year. Um, and we'll do both this year. Okay. So we'll like try and make the effort for both. It's like harder to get to mine cause they're further away. His family's two hours away from us. Yeah. They're in Dallas. So, um, yeah, it makes it a little bit more challenging to go back home, but I'm like, we have to see my family. 
Okay, <laughs> I love that. And so you live in Waco now, and you said that you've been getting into ministry. So he's, okay, so or Grant is. is working as a young adult pastor at okay. a local church in Waco, Texas, okay. called Harris Creek. Okay, so can people, like, go to y'all's church and, yeah. like, listen to both of you speak? Yeah, so I'm not really speaking at the church. I'm kind okay. of really just, like, I'm a pastor's wife, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I said I would never be, yeah, I'm that. Um, so, yeah, I just get to, like, be his wife and just, like, help support the young adults ministry. Amazing. Well, I'm so happy that you're happy and it's been amazing to actually like meet you and talk to you. I know. I I mean, I honestly feel like I know you. Like (laughs) when I saw you, I didn't even feel like, oh my gosh, I'm meeting her. Like I literally was like, hi friend. Like I felt like I, we've hung out tons of times. So it's so funny that just. Yeah, it is cool. Some of the things that social media allows you to do and the ways that you can like build friendships when you've literally never met. Totally. I'm so happy that we had a chance to like sit down and talk. I've been wanting to do this for so long and I know people are really, really excited excited about this episode so show Maddie some love go buy her book it's amazing seriously I'm excited to like sit down and read the rest of it like I said I'm halfway through so I'll have to text you when I get to the end I know you have the to. part you that you're referring to things, I'm yeah. like I don't even want to know don't don't spoil the surprise <laughs> for me I'm like oh we got something to get to that's amazing thank you Maddie for joining thank us thank you for having me fun so on fun. weekdays podcast I will talk to everyone next week bye <laughs>